Some are always looking for more sports content, and among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. podcast Dexter Henry Brian Fonseca here and we have a guest today um, and I'll get into the interesting story about how her and I connected which is great she's from my neighborhood so we're doing this uh, distance but we're, we're right in the same neighborhood Danielle Medina she is a fitness instructor fitness guru she's the founder of fit and play mama we'll get into more of that Danielle how you doing I'm doing good, Dexter. Brian, nice to see you tonight. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good, good to see you, um, <laughs> Danielle. Brian, I've, I've told you a little bit of how I met. I met Danielle. It was randomly doing the story for AccuWeather. Um, it was about the heat, and we just got to talking. I interviewed her and her daughter, and then I found out she was involved in fitness very heavily, and we started talking about that, and that led to us doing a story together. Two stories, actually. Uh, with AccuWeather, and she does a lot of great stuff in the world of fitness. Now, Brian and I, Danielle, as you know, I've talked to you about this. Yeah. We, through this pandemic, <laughs> one of our major focuses has been, you see Brian nodding his head, it has been staying healthy yeah. in mind as well as body, okay? That's yeah. been absolutely important, and I know it's the same for you. So yeah. tell me how much of that, of, in terms of your focus, increased even more during this pandemic. Oh goodness. It's like a hundred percent more, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm all about staying super healthy and super fit. Um, and really sending out that message to everybody, um, young, old, in between, um, any race that you are, we are all, we all function the same. We all have the same organs in our bodies and food and the way we move our body is exactly what we need to stay healthy throughout this entire time and after, right? Because we want to continue these very healthy habits even after COVID is hopefully done, right? We want that to continue. And um, so, yeah, my message with Fit and Play Mama has always been, you know what? Start now. It's it's, it's either one day or day one. Let today be day one. Yeah. <laughs> why, why not? Why not let it be day one? Let, let's let's get a little bit. Let's go back a little bit before the pandemic, right into your background. This is something that you've been doing for a long time in terms of fitness and helping people and having that sort of mindset. I used to personal train as well at a point uh, in in my career. Wh when did your love for fitness? T tell us about how it came about. How you got into doing what you're doing? Just how did it all come about for Danielle? Ah, so okay, so yeah, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. You know, so that means that. What do we do in Brooklyn? Well, a lot of times we do stay indoors, right? So as a kid, I was just moving a lot. My parents just couldn't keep me still. So it was just something that I loved to do as a kid. So I would dance. I would do some fitness uh, videos when I got a little older, when I was a teenager, right? So I was always very conscious of staying fit and, and eating good and eating really well. So... Um, I understand like sometimes for other people, it might be a challenge when it, that is not the case, right? When you don't have that passion for fitness, but we like to dance, right? That's a fit. That's something you can add for fitness or even cleaning, right? When you clean the house, you know, you're moving in different ways that help you to 
start burning calories and moving around. So, um, yeah, so I just um, absolutely loved fitness. And then what happened was that when I was in college and I was getting my degree, Brooklyn College, Um, I was getting my degree in nutrition education and I was like, I want to make money while I'm in school. What's the best way to make money? Oh, get a cert, get certified as a trainer, as a fitness instructor and do it while. So when I go to classes, I go to classes and then afterwards I start training and I start teaching group fitness classes and it worked, it worked out so good for me. And then I just absolutely loved what I did. So I became a yoga instructor, I was doing Pilates, Zumba, and so the list goes on and on, and then I started doing kids' classes, then I had my baby, so she's five now, so she's, not, she's, she's a big not baby. Not a baby no more. <laughs> <laughs> They're always our babies, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, I got married, my husband, I started training my husband, so when I first met him, I was like, we got to start doing some push-ups and some squats, and he was looking at me like, what? I said, yeah. <laughs> So he was so, so great about it. You know, he went along with it and, um, yeah, so I just started, um, so at, so this was all prior COVID and so I was teaching a bunch of classes during the week and then everything stopped. So then I was like, okay, we're home and there's nothing to do. And I'm like, no, there's, that's impossible. There's something I could do. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Everybody's online. Why don't I create a help? fitness resource that someone can just either virtually go to my classes or they can look at some of my videos that I put up on Instagram and then they can follow along and make it family friendly, right? Because a lot of families are home and they have no idea what to do with themselves. So I said, right, let's do it. And so I had my daughter who's, you know, four at the time and she was I was like, let's do some fitness videos together. And she was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it was just a lot of fun. And um, I, you know, have grown to have a, a big following on Instagram. And, uh, you know, just moms are always constantly um, sending me me- messages saying how much they appreciate my videos, how much, um, you know, positivity that I've been giving to them to know that they can do something at home. Um, and just, you know, even in general, just people in general, just like saying, thank, thank you for doing this. So it's been great. Yeah. How, how important Danielle has it been to sort of do that in age where like, obviously we're all trapped at home, but also one of the things that Dexter and I talked about on this podcast and that we sort of marveled at is that as COVID has been covered and we know how serious the disease is, we're not hearing a lot about take your vitamins, stay in shape, work out five times a week. Yeah. Uh, you know, meal replacements, like all this kind of stuff. Right. And in the coverage of COVID, we're mostly just hearing about like the medical portions of it, not so much the health portions of it. So how important has it been for like this community, you know, the one that you're in and for everybody to sort of spread awareness and, you know, teach us really about like how to stay fit during all of this? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. Um, I always think about, you know, where I come from. So I, my background is, so my mother, my mother's white and my father is African-American. And I always think about my ancestors. I always think I'm here today because of my, we're all here today because of our ancestors, right? What message do they want me to tell people to, to, you know, be like, what is my legacy, right? Before I leave this planet, I want people to know, like when they look at me, that I am here to help with that message is exactly what you said, Brian, about keeping yourself, your body fit, right? Working out, doing anything that makes you feel good when you're working out, right? So it doesn't have to look like a typical workout. A lot of people get intimidated by that. They see these very um, high intensity workouts and they think, well, I don't, I'm not an athlete. I don't have that. I'm already overweight. How can I do that? And I'm here to tell you that you don't need to do that. There are so many other levels of exercise that you can do that you can start today. Right. And even you can do in a chair, there's chair exercises, right? So (laughs) there, and the other portion of it is health, uh, is the nutrition portion, right? So 
lots of, you know, when I'm training my clients and I'm also training um, or talking to clients about nutrition, I try not to say what you what you don't eat, like what you Mm. shouldn't eat. I try to emphasize what you should eat, right? When you put your plate down, what do you want to pile up in that plate, right? And so I talk about your veggies, right? Your legumes, your grains, brown rice, quinoa, like all of these amazing foods that help your body, heal your body. So yeah, I'm all about like I want that to be my legacy I want that when people see me they're like that girl knows what she's talking about (laughs) you know about health (laughs) and and the follow-up on that is there I guess it's a two-part question but on one hand I'm curious about because obviously we're learning a lot about fitness during COVID or many of us are what are the foods in particular that maybe there are foods that we think are unhealthy but they can actually work for us and vice versa like what's another one that maybe we think is healthy, but we should actually be staying away from as we're trying to get healthy. Yeah, that's actually really great because guess what? I have three questions for you to answer. All right. Oh, so, ooh, okay. <laughs> all right. You ready for a little trivia? There we go. Bring it on. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Okay. What food is the cause of free radicals? Now, do you know what? So I'll just talk about what free radicals are. So it's just basically, these are foods that damage the cells in your body, right? Could cause illness, diseases. What foods do you think that is? Bread. I was, yeah, I was actually thinking bread or something along those lines. Any, any sugars, Mm -hmm. right? Anything, anything with sugars are are, are not good. And, um, um, Mm. well, we had dairy. I mean, dairy causes a lot of issues as I know. Is dairy one of them as as well, Danielle? I, I, I would think. And is it all dairy? Okay, so here we go. You ready? We got we got a lot of we got a lot of questions in here. <laughs> okay, but people want to know, so go. People want to know, right? Yeah. And it's good. And the more informed you know, the better you can make your own choices, right? So again, I'm not here to tell you not to eat this, but I just want to like let you know what it's a, what it is. Okay, so here we go. Refined sugars. You said yep. it. Yeah. So refined, refined sugars. sugars. Mm-hmm. Really, it's the high glycemic index, yep. right? Shoots your blood sugar up so high, right? So then your body is trying to stabilize itself, but then what happens? It goes down so quickly. And then that's why you get so hungry after eating foods that have a high glycemic index, right? White breads, um, white rice. White rice, and you know, that, yep. Exactly, right? I'm so anything, staying away from that, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, anything that has a lot of sugar in it, you want to try to avoid. So it's good to look at labels, right? Yeah. Um, okay. The next thing is processed meats, mm. right? So, mm. you know, we got, you know, all these, uh, when you go to the deli, right? So those meats that you're, that you're eating in your sandwiches, not so great, right? So we want to think about possibly limiting, limiting them, mm. right? And then there's red meat, right? So we all, have heard that there's a lot of studies about how red meat is another one of those things that you want to limit, right? Yeah. Um, and this is interesting, cooking oil. Cooking Did you know oil. cooking oil? Yes. Okay. What, what kind? Or like Because I've adjusted my cooking oil use, so this is interesting you, too. This is really interesting, but any cooking oil. when any? You, wow. Yeah. Okay. When you're heating it up, right? It's not, it's, it goes rancid. It's not good. So really what you want to do is cook with water, with vegetable broth. And you know, it's funny. I have been starting to do more cooking without oil and the flavor is just as good. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's, I don't miss it. <laughs> I don't really don't miss it. Once you try it, you're going to start to see like the less you do. And you know, it's, a, you, you start like in steps, right? So um, but yeah, so the, those are the ones that cause the most free radicals in your body. Okay, so you're ready for the next question? Yes, bring it on. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so what foods help detox your body? What oh, foods help? Uh, apples, peanut butter. Uh, I know this because my girlfriend's doing a detox right now, so I'm trying to think. <laughs> what foods are you eating that you're, that you're doing your detox? <laughs> She's sitting right here. I don't know. Yeah. Um, grilled chicken, like. Can you eat grilled chicken during your detox? Yeah. yeah. 
wait, so wait, is that your final answer? <laughs> well, pro, okay, well, pro, well, pro, so pro you gave us three good. answers last time, so those would be my three answers. Okay. I'll throw in a salmon as a bonus. Okay, Dexter, what about you? These are food. These are foods for detoxifying purposes. Detoxifying your body. Um, and these are general foods, or not, or any specific. Yeah, foods? no, no. You can just you can get general. Yeah. All right, so, so you know, fruits and vegetables are always going to be good in terms of detoxification. Um, I mean, water is always good, and we're not counting that necessarily as a food, but as a liquid, water is always great. Um, yeah, I, I got two. I, I, okay. I, I'm done with that. But those two, I definitely water, fruits and vegetables, always good. Leafy greens, you know, in terms of specific vegetables, you want. Uh, there too. So yeah, that, that, that's what I have. All right. But school, but school us, Danielle. You're here to school us. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Dexter, you get a point. Hey. It is. It's. You're right. Fruits and vegetables. So any leafy greens. Oh my goodness, they are so loaded. They're loaded with antioxidants. So leafy greens. Uh, your berries, right? So you have a whole bunch of berries here: strawberries, blueberries, oh. raspberries. Um, there, you know, any kind of um, dark colored foods have the most antioxidants uh, in them. So you want to look for really deep color. Uh, pomegranate, right? Those I are really pomegranate. Yeah, a lot yeah, of pomegranate. Exactly. Like here. And you said water. Water is so important. Absolutely. Right? Yep. You have to water. When you drink water, you're lubricating your body. You're pushing out all the toxins. You're, you're, um, what else? There's so many aids in digestion. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, water is, uh, so we're supposed to be drinking a ton of water a day, right? And a lot of people are not. A lot of people are going through the day and they're not drinking as much. Um, and they're doing more coffee and teas, which, oh, look at you, Brian. Hey, see, this isn't mine, but you know, there's a whole, there's a whole sort of like rundown for like every two hours, you should like be at another level. Yeah. So yeah, that's so, that's part of the detox, and it also could potentially send you to the bathroom a lot. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it cleans out, it cleans out the system, as you were you, saying. So right, you can't leave the house right when you're doing that much water, but you want to try it. And, you don't want to do it all at once, right? So definitely don't drink all of that water at once. No. Throughout <laughs> no, no, no. the day, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's awesome. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, and then the other thing you said, which I wrote down, I don't know if you, if anyone said this, but exercise. So exercise, this is not, right? Yeah. This is this is not food, but exercise definitely detoxes the body. Um, like I was saying, you know, it's it could be intimidating for people who are not used to working out on a daily basis, but you start slowly, and you can do anything where you're moving your arms or you're lifting your legs up. Even taking a walk around the block, you know, if you start out with one lap and then you maybe do it again the next day and add some more, that is only going to help your body detox, right? So nice, very nice. I think you guys know a lot. We, we, we know we know some when you're educating the people. Danielle, do you think, Brian kind of hit on this and I thought it was a good thing to bring up, but do you think yeah. there should be more done in terms of talking about the things that you just talked to us about so simply that, hey, these are things you can be doing, especially now in a time where we have a pandemic, that maybe there should be more of a messaging from that, um, not just from yourself in the health community, but from also yeah. health leaders and, and, and stuff like that. Is that something you think? And, and to that point, real quick, uh, to also remove skepticism, because there are obviously people in communities that, you know, some of the healthy food is like hard to get to, like in terms of accessibility pricing. Yeah. So in terms of trying to remove that skepticism for, you know, particularly communities of color, black, Latino, like us, like, is there a way that, you know, you guys are doing that as well? Absolutely. So yes, for the first question, Dexter, yes. I am really upset that there is not enough talk and not enough dialogue about how health and fitness and nutrition are all about keeping us healthy, right? If there, if we're only going by medical procedures and, um, you know, the medical interventions and we're not including the other part, it's, it, you know, we're, we're walking a fine line because only, there's only so much something, uh, you know, medical treatment can do. You need to, also be responsible of mm. what you're doing with your body, right? And so, and uh, Brian, to answer you, 
definitely, you know, that, uh, you know, in the, the black and Latino community, there needs to be more access to fresh food, right? And at a, at a, at a uh, price where it's not so expensive, right? So obviously, yes, we want to buy organic food. We want to buy, you know, pesti pesticide-free food. But if you can't, and it's still, you, you, I still encourage you to eat healthy bites, you know, still doing your greens, your leafy greens and your vegetables, even if it's not organic, because having it is better than not having it. Right. So, um, and the thing about this too, when we, I'm, cause I am right now practicing, uh, uh being a plant-based, uh, person. So my diet right now is whole food plant-based diet, which means I am loading my, um, plate up with a bunch of veggies every night with a lot of grains by, uh, so basically doing brown rice, beans, uh, lots of veggies. Um, and I do tofu. I like tofu. So I like flavor. You guys like flavor, right? So <laughs> yes, we, we do. <laughs> we don't want, <laughs> when people think of that type of food, they think, Oh no, that's, that food has, is tasteless. My husband is Dominican. He wants taste, t very tasty food. I did not give him tasteless food, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that, yes, even on a plant-based diet, you can have, you can use, I use the same seasoning that you would use to season chicken, right? So if I have my tofu, I'm seasoning it the same way that if you were seasoning uh, some sort of chicken or, or steak or something. I'm not, obviously there's no animal products in what I'm putting, but it's the flavor, right? So we have, you know, the sazon and, you know, the adobo. Those are things that you could still use <laughs> in your diet. So yes, you can keep the flavors and you can enjoy your food and still feel healthy. I'm telling you, since I've been on the plant-based diet, I think it's been about, I would say uh, since January, because I was a vegetarian. I was eating mostly, so I was having, still having eggs, and I'm still having some butter and a little bit of fish. But when I eliminated eliminated all of that, I'm telling you, my energy went. It just went up. I, I don't even, you know, it's like I'm not getting as much sleep as I should. Like I'm still going to bed at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Mm. You shouldn't, which is in a whole other topic about Yes, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but even with that, my energy is still high. I'm just, I feel like, I feel amazing. I feel amazing because I'm fueling my body with what we were just talking about. Foods that detoxify. Foods that are nutritious. Foods that are going to repair your cells and, and give you that energy throughout the day. So... I don't know. I'm trying to get people on board with me. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Well, I was glad you spoke to that, Danielle, because there is sometimes some apprehension on people changing their changing their diet, period. Whether you're going to go to the, a vegan lifestyle or vegetarian or you're just trying to eliminate red meat, there's some apprehension, especially in terms of us in our communities, because of flavor. And I think it was good for you to tell people that as a, you know, as a, a Caribbean man, a Puerto Rican man here, your husband is Dominican, we like a little adobo, a little sazon in the food, right? We, yeah. this, this is what we do. And I was glad... I'm glad you spoke on that because sometimes people think it's difficult and you can't have the flavor within that. So I, I want one of the things you talked about before, Danielle, is you started Fit and Play Mama, your your website, your organization. You did this right at the start of the pandemic. 
um, which I remember when we spoke, I was like, oh man, I was amazed. One that has to be starting up anything as a business is is always a little scary, right? Doing your own thing is a little scary, but sometimes it's necessary. And you started this up, and one of the things that was a big part of your message, and I noticed from talking to you, was, look, you don't have to just do this alone. Parents, you have kids, you can get your kids to come and do it with you. I've been working out through the pandemic. My daughter sees me working out. Brian's been doing the same. We've made this uh, a, con- a conscious effort. How important is it for people to be able to not just do this, but do it together? What's the power of doing it together? Because there's power in that, right? Absolutely. So we all need community, right? We are social beings. And like it or not, we need each other, you know? And if we can't necessarily be with each other physically, right? If you can create a community, a virtual community, and know that you're account- you're, you're, everybody's accountable for, then that in itself is a great thing to have. And so that was another reason for doing Fit and Play Mama was to let people know, like, yeah, I mean, my daughter's here and you know what? I'm going to work out and she can join me. She doesn't have to join me. And I always tell people, too, who have kids, just work out. There is there's never going to be a time where you can just like have, you know, everything perfect. It just it's not going to happen. So you need to start as soon as possible. And the great thing is, if you do start doing it as a family, it's fun. And all of you are getting the benefits of working out together. You're losing weight. You're starting to feel good about yourself. You're probably sleeping better, right? And not only that, so now you're, you know, you're walking outside and, and you feel good about it. You feel good that, you know, we're, at, we're a family, we're bonding. So there's just so many positive things to say about, you know, doing, working out together, um, eating well together and sharing that with other people. You know, again, like I said, you know, I just tell people what works for me. And when they see that, you know, hey, she seems like she's doing pretty good. And it seems like her family's looking great and they're feeling great. It's like a poster. It's like, you know, we are living the actual you know, message. <laughs> yeah, right. No doubt. Question about vitamins, which we touched on earlier, but yeah. I'm assuming that all vitamins aren't created equal. You have a lot of different brands. A lot of them taste the same, uh, different. Some of them taste more like candy than others. I'm wondering, like, just <laughs> what can you tell us about that? Things that we probably don't know, which are good for you, which aren't. What should we be looking for in terms of taking the vitamins that are right for us? Definitely. So you want to look for products that just have the vitamin and less, um, because you see at the bottom, they'll say other ingredients, right? So whatever those other ingredients are should have very limited sugar, right? So you don't want to add sugar into vitamins, right? Now kids, it's another thing, you know, when you're giving them vitamins, they will have certain um, sugars, but you look for the content to be very low, right? So it's all ingredients are go by according to weight. So if it's down low on the, Uh, ingredient list, then it's okay. Um, But I also do stress, like, again, with my clients, I'm like, get your vitamins from your food. Do that. Try to do that as much as possible. So yes, the supplement is there. But sometimes supplements, you know, you just, it just goes right through you. It depends on, you know, how it's made. And, you know, there's so many different categories of vitamins. So my best advice is, Go to, you know, go to your fruits and your vegetables and your legumes and all of those, you know, whole grains. And then just do, just do a multivitamin, you know, anything that, you know, try to look for something that is high quality, but you don't have to go crazy and you don't have to spend a lot of money, right? Because the supplement industry is very, very expensive. They make Profitable. <laughs> so try to, you know, really limit, you don't have, you don't have to go crazy, um, but yes, try to fit your food in as your actual food. And I know I hear a lot like, oh, but our soil is depleted. Yes, our soil is depleted, but there's still vitamins in your food. So you still have to eat, you know, eat well because you can't cancel out eating not so good with the vitamin. Like it just doesn't kind doesn't of work, work that, that way. <laughs> right. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way at, at all. Yeah. Danielle, one of the things you'll hear from people, I'm sure Brian hears this too. You know, you tell your friends, hey, I'm working out. You probably tell, you know, talk to friends, hey, I'm going for a workout here. 
And people say to you, how do you have time for this? How do you make the time to do this? How are you able to fit this in your day? You know, I feel like my friends that work out, including Brian, when I talk to them, I hear the time that they're making in their day. You and I are both parents. We're still making the time um, in our day. That, I feel like, can be the biggest deterrent for people. What should people do in this time, which is a stressful time for a lot of people, to be able to carve out some time so they can't work out? You mentioned before, even if it's five, ten minutes, right? Any any time counts. What do you think people should do so they're not weighed by the emotions of this time and finding the time where they can work out? Yeah. So, okay. So there's a few things that you could do. One, you could hire a personal trainer just because now you're, now you're are holding, someone's holding you accountable at this mm. point, right? So that's one thing you could hire a personal trainer. You can do a group fitness class, whether it's online or if you're, I know like some people are doing things out in the park, right? Social distancing. That's great. So if you feel like you don't have the motivation I would definitely first say, then look into a class, right? Those, that's the more, you know, easier to do. And it's also more affordable. And then the next thing is a personal trainer, personal trainers. It's amazing because they are tailoring an actual workout for you, right? So you can, so with my clients, what I do is I meet with them either once or twice a week virtually. And then I give them homework during the week to do, right? So homework is, Okay, you know, these are, you know, a bunch of different exercises that you should do a couple times a week. Now, if you can't do both of those options, then I would say is think of it like eating a meal. Think of it like brushing your teeth or think of it like just doing something that you normally do every day. Right. So, you know, you got to brush your teeth every day. You have to take a shower. Well, hopefully you're taking showers. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So if you put it in as a actual task that needs to be done, whether it's, okay, in the morning you wake up, you do 10 minutes of stretching arms up, moving back, you know, just getting your body moving like that, that's great. And then you know what? Lunchtime, right before you eat lunch, do another movement exercise, you know, put your timer on. Everybody has timers now on their iPhones or on their computers or whatever, right? So you do that, put a timer on, do what you need to do. And it doesn't have to be specific squats and lunges, right? Just move your legs around, move your body around. Um, or like I said, you know, go outside, do a walk around the the block, you know, say, okay, for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I'm going to do this walk around my block. You know, I'm going to go faster than I normally walk, right? Because you, again, you want to try to increase your heart rate. Your heart is a muscle that needs to work out. So you have to push yourself. That's the other thing too. I think people are a little afraid of like, I might, I don't know. If I push myself, I get out of breath. It's okay. It's okay to get out of breath (laughs) a little bit, right? Because that means your heart is working. That means your lungs are expelling out the carbon dioxide and all the toxins that are in your body, right? So that's okay, right? Um, And then afterwards, you cool down. And then you guess what? Lunchtime. Now, I just did, oh my, look at that. I just did 15 minutes of just walking. That's workout. Right. You got to figure out the ways. And then I guess this is my final question. Um, Cheat meals. Is this something that we should actually be doing you know, even though we're working out four, five, six, whatever amount of times a week, is this something that's actually good for us, you know, to work towards, you know, once a week or do people have an entire cheat day? Like what's your thoughts on that? And is that something we should actually be doing once in a while if we're trying to get fit to sort of shock our systems and maybe reset? That's a great question. I love it. That's a really good question too, because, um, yeah, right. We want to reward ourselves, right? We want to have something like where we're, oh, you know, I worked out so hard this, this week, I'm going to have that chocolate cake and I'm going to have, you know, whatever it is. And you know what, if you want it, have it, but then I want you to also see how you feel afterwards. Mm. Did it make you, yep. feel, yeah. Right. Like, did it make you feel good afterwards? Did you start to feel like oh, sluggish afterwards? You know, that is the indicator, your body and how, and your, the way your brain works, right? So it's natural for our bodies because of evolution, right? Because we come from 
hunters and gatherers who we actually didn't in the beginning of time we didn't get enough food right so it was we were starving all the time right so now fast forward to today's world we have excess food food is everywhere so you can eat as much as you want whenever you want however you want but what is happening to our population now right Mm. obesity um in all of these different chronic diseases are happening and it's excess it's a lot of excess food so cheat day i think it's fine um but i want you to note how you feel afterwards and was it necessarily yeah maybe next time mm, i don't know like maybe i'll have a smaller piece you know like (laughs) i can feel so good after that and i know for me like my body i can just it's just so easy for me to say I, you know, oh, I want this. And then after I have it, I'm like, oh, why did I eat that? <laughs> you know? I'm, but you know what? I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Danielle, because like I like I feel like we've all sort of experienced this, but I definitely experienced this where like in high school you could just eat whatever. Like I was playing three sports. We were going to McDonald's after basketball practice and all that stuff. If I have McDonald's now, like I'll feel sick afterwards. Like it just doesn't hit the same even Chinese food. Any of that stuff. It just doesn't hit the same way because now I'm like mostly grilled chicken, water, veggies and stuff like that. Right. You've your body, you're in tune with your body, right? And that's mm. once you start to eat like this, you really do feel the effects of processed food right away. Yep. So yeah, that's why I'm saying eat it. See and but see what happens. Does it is it was it worth it, you know, that mm. food at that moment? And I'm not saying, oh, now you can never eat this stuff again. Sure, but maybe you need to put it uh, smaller portions, right? So not such a big portion at this point, like you maybe used to have, you have, so smaller portions, and then, you know, for the rest of the time, and and I also drink a lot of water after, if I eat something that I'm like, oh, this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Get guzzled down that, guzzled down that water. I gotta get it out of my body. (laughs) Yeah, Danielle, I think the last thing for me is, um, you know, you've given us so much good stuff here, so much good stuff that I think listeners and viewers will will take with them. We're in this pandemic, as we kind of talked about throughout this, and it's such an important time to talk about health. But there has been, let's the positive is there has been an increased awareness on health within certain communities. Do you think coming out of this that the mindsets of people will change? based on the work that yourself and other people are doing? Do you think there's a shift in mindset towards mental and physical health coming out of this pandemic? I do. I actually, I feel very hopeful because I think there are a lot of people that are speaking out about it. And I have noticed even with certain shows and uh, news channels, they are, and a lot of these are online news um, channels, they are talking about it, you know, maybe not necessarily like the mass media is talking about it, but they're, you know, our age group now, I feel like we do a lot of uh, internet and, you know, you know, we're YouTubing all the time, you know, so I, I have been seeing a lot more of that message of, hey, why are we talking about this? Why are we not talking about health and fitness? And, you know, we got to get people, you know, more aware of like how they can make themselves healthier or, you know, better. And, you know, let's, let's bring this to the forefront. So I definitely think that, you know, the more people are aware of, and that, you know, even, you know, in our own families, you know, I'm constantly talking to my, my family about it, you know, and my friends about it. Now, what they do with that information is up to them. But again, like, if you're seeing the effects of what I've been doing and, and you know what other people are doing that are saying this message, it's, it's, you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? <laughs> what they say, you know, so it is so important. And I, and I do see that there should be a shift towards a lot more, uh, healthy, uh, healthy, a healthy movement or even something where, there's more people aware of actually I was watching the what is it called the uh, good morning America and they just did a segment on 
whole food plant-based diet and the doctor that they were interviewing and she was saying um, she was in quarantine and she did this diet and she said my cholesterol went down and I lost the you know some inches around my waist well that's amazing that that was in mainstream media so that is what I feel is going to happen people are going to see these uh, these these news reports and then I think that they're they're going to start thinking about it. It's going to start sinking in a little bit more and a little bit more. So we really do have to co constantly push forward with our message. You guys are doing it. You're doing it. You know, I'm trying to do it. And I, and I know there's a lot of us out there that, you know, it's 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 happening and and it's growing. It's definitely growing. So I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, we're, I'm optimistic about it, too. Uh, we are glad to have you. That is Danielle Medina, founder, owner, creator of Fit and Play Mama, also a fitness guru. Please check it out. Check it out. Her website is fitandplaymama.com. You can find her on Instagram, Fit and Play Mama. She's got plenty of good videos, so many with her daughter. Uh, you can also check out the story she did with me on AccuWeather. It was, it was, re it was really a, a fun time there. Danielle, thank you for joining us. We'd love to have you back again because... Yep. Fitness, fitness never stops. You, you always got to keep learning and keep yep. improving. So we, we'd love to have you back again to talk about some more fitness stuff down the road for sure. So we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dexter. Thanks, Brian. One time for your mom, one time. One time for your mom, one time. One time for your mind. Got some fun stuff this week. Some fun stuff, some historic stuff. And some absolutely funny stuff that I don't see how there's any way you can't laugh at this. Brian has no idea what I'm talking about, but he will very soon. Brian is going to handle the fun and the historical music part of this on his one time for your mind. Take it away. I, I, I can't wait to see what you have. But on my end, it's, it's very simple. Uh, on the day we're recording this, it's the day after the Grammys. And finally... Uh, 25, 26, however, almost 30 years after it probably should have happened to begin with, Nas finally won a Grammy. Nas, the arguable greatest of all time, depending on who you ask, and he sh he's there in any conversation, in any real hip-hop conversation, he's in that conversation for greatest of all time. Did not have a Grammy before last night, which is crazy to think about. We'll get into all that in a second. But I just want to say, like, I don't feel like this got enough attention. I, I feel like like the Nas fans and the true hip hop fans like really like yeah they they were celebratory for this but a lot of people did also were like oh but Freddie Gibbs got robbed happy for Nas but Freddie Gibbs got robbed we both love Freddie Gibbs up here and you know I I was early I was one of the early early ones mm -hmm. listening to his mixtapes and Pinata and I was around with ESGN drop like I box frame Cadillac music the whole thing I didn't think Alfredo was better than King's Disease respectfully. I did not, but, you know, a lot of people did. But that's not what this is about. I just think in general, like, we're not talking enough about how historical this is, how late this is. And I think this is why a lot of Nas fans get pissed because they feel like he doesn't sort of get that respect. Like, it was announced before the Grammys even started. Uh, I didn't see anything on, like, the IG, you know, by the time the Grammys were going about it. I didn't see much on Twitter outside of the outlets covering it, complex, double XL, hip hop sites, et cetera, et cetera, mass appeal, obviously. And I didn't see a lot just sort of marveling at like, yo, like, th like this finally happened. And, th and this is why I think Nas fans get pissed because when other artists who are more famous sort of get these accolades and even get lesser accolades, regardless of how historic they are, whatever the case may be, it's just received differently. It's kind of like we, it's, I feel like King's Disease is almost like slept on in terms of just being really underrated. It was a great, Static Selector pointed this out in a tweet, uh, and I kind of agree, like this was in terms of albums, this was one of the best classes in a while in terms of the albums that got nominated for the Grammys. I, I would agree with that in terms of, I actually think for the most part, the Grammys who usually they usually fuck this up. This in terms of a class <laughs> wasn't and they fuck up who wins you wins the award too, but just in terms of the nominees, this yeah. wasn't bad. I mean, I think what is it, four of the I don't know if it's three or five or four or five of the top nominees were in Bri Brian and I's top ten of the year. 
in terms of hip hop album of the year, right? So, you know, we a good amount of them that we had chosen, we talked about, whether it was D Smoke's album, King's Disease, Alfredo, um, you know, so the they were two was uh Voice the Five Nine, the allegory was the other one, and uh Jay Electronica's uh yeah. mainly collaboration. Did it didn't make you right, didn't make either of our top tens, but you know, they they were up there in some of the better works of the year. So this was yeah. not a bad field. I agree with Stad on that. It and wasn't. I was glad to see Royce there because he should have been up there for Book of Ryan. Which is crazy. I feel like this, yeah, I don't think allegory is anywhere near as good as Book of Ryan, but this was the one that they were like, all right, we didn't give you this time, Royce. Now we're going to give you some love. So, and, yeah. And that's the crazy thing. And just, and, just, and just before I turn this over to you completely to give your thoughts on this. And one of the things that I said was like, I'm, ve- I'm, I'm very happy for Nas that this finally happened. I also want to acknowledge that. King's Disease winning best rap album is crazy because we both thought it was the best album that came out in 2020. Neither of us have it as like a top five Nas album, as good as the album is. And I think it's it's a very good album. But that speaks to more, again, his discography and how elite it is when you're talking about Illmatic, Stillmatic, The Lost Tapes, God's Son, et cetera, et cetera. And King's Disease now. And then you're looking at like how the Grammys sort of didn't give him the Grammy for Illmatic, even though like I don't even think Illmatic was nominated because he wasn't that known yet. It was written, I Am were both nominated. Like it, it, One mic was like up there for best performance or whatever the case may be. And it's like all these different moments of his career. And it's crazy to think that he never won a Grammy. And you have other dudes who have who obviously don't have the sort of longevity. It's why I think like mainstream awards don't really matter. The independent stuff, that stuff like that stuff is a little bit different because it's a little more about the art form. That's why you and I Dexter we celebrate when we get certain nominations and wins and first place for best sports film, La Cultura, best short film period at the Global Independent Film Awards. Like that stuff sort of matters, but we know that if we were to put that at like, you know, one of these big award shows or whatever, it's a popularity contest at the end of the day. And I think this is why a lot of Nas fans get pissed because he's never been the most popular one. But like the reality is like, yo, he's one of he's arguably the nicest ever. He finally got his Grammy. And I think that we should, you know, celebrate that even though we look at the we sort of side eye the Grammys in general. And I'm sure Nas like, I don't know how much he actually cares, but I'm glad that we could finally call him a Grammy award-winning artist. I'm happy that we can too. I'm not sure how much he really cares. I think Nas knows where he stands in the hip hop pantheon being one of the greats, if not the greatest. He had 14 nominations for best uh, overall the Grammys. I'm glad you pulled a, this up. Let's w- go through it. Without a win. Do you know who now, and this you'll understand why I always say the Grammys sometimes mess this up. Now the per- the person with the the or the was the group now with the most nominations in terms of hip hop without a win is the Roots. The Roots, the roots yeah, I do. <laughs> now have five nominations. That's crazy too. It's crazy. The Roots have a, and then and and I will argue for anybody not to take this off of Nas. Some of the Roots' best work in their career has probably come 2005 post. I think they have two classic albums in that time in Game Theory and Undone. And neither. And I would say. How I got over that was also Grammy nominated and did not win. And I thought a year it definitely should have won. They they did not win. Now, let's look at this. Because to look at this and really have this conversation and the points that Brian is bringing up, all of which I agree with you, is you have to look at, all right, well, when, did, when could Nas have actually won? So I want you to go through the list. Yes. Of, because here's the thing about his career also. Like, and you could put, you could do this with the greats. Like, there are other parts, songs, albums, whatever, that didn't get nominated, period, that should have mm-hmm. that should have been in the field. And it's like, I'm actually shocked that he only had 14 nominations. You right. know what I mean? In totality. Like, that's the other shocking thing. Like, I remember years where there were dudes getting, like, seven, eight nominations. And it's like, I remember Nas being great my entire life. So I, I want you to go through right. some of those. All right, so, let, so let, let's let's do this. So not, technically, Nas had no chance. It couldn't get the... Re- Elmatic couldn't get the mainstream recognition that it deserved because there was no award. Fine. Neither could have Ready to Die. Fine. But here, let's look at... Let's look at 1997. And that's important because it was written. Comes yeah. out in 96. 
I think for many people in hip hop would have called that one of the stronger hip hop albums of of that year. That album was not nominated. If you look at the other now, the album that the album that won, I have no qualms with what won that year was the score by the Fugees. No qualms with that at all. Back to back, big singles, radio friendly, and most importantly, white people loved it. And I love the Fugees. I love me some more. <laughs> but that's that's really what matters here, right? Who had the crossover appeal? Tupac was nominated again that year for All Eyes on Me. A tribe Called Quest beat Rhymes in Life, which most Tribe fans like myself will probably say that's on their weaker of their albums, not as good as their first two. Coolio, Gangsta's Paradise, an album probably nobody plays, but everybody loves the song Gangsta's Paradise, especially, as I said, white people. And LL Cool J, Mr. Smith, I would actually say an underrated LL album. Nas, not mentioned. Already at this point in the game, and this is where I'm taking Brian back, because Brian could be, I could see how Brian's perspective on this might be a little bit young, and as he says, all he's known is Nas being great as he's grown up. Nas isn't mentioned, and he's already established after two albums at this time, he is one of the greats in the game. Another notable omission from the 1997 Grammys that people should know. No reasonable doubt. Reasonable doubt is not here. Now, we also know reasonable doubt was not given this five mic status and didn't have great commercial success. The Grammys has always been linked to commercial stats. I will continue. 98, Puff Daddy and the Family uh, for No Way Out. Good album. Very memorable. Not great album. Life After Death didn't win. Wu-Tang Forever. Super Duper Fly, Missy Elliott. And Wyclef's a Carnival. Actually, not a bad field. 1999, Jay-Z, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Ah, I'm a Jay fan. Jay's most commercially successful album. No Jay fan will tell you this is anywhere near one of Jay's best albums at all whatsoever. That's, that's not it. 2000, Eminem, Slim Shady LP. 2001, Eminem, Marshall Mathers LP. Do you see the commercial success here? 2002, Outkast, Stanconia, right? Not Equemini, which most people will consider their best album. 2003, Eminem, The Eminem Show. 2004, Outkast, Speaker Box, Love Below. 2005, Kanye, College Dropout. This is where you maybe get a little bit different. Kanye had a very different sounding album. I think it was new to hip hop, but there was some commercial appeal on the other side. I thought Jay-Z's Black Album should have won that year, but that's a whole other story. 2006, Kanye with Late Registration. I thought Commons B should have won that year. 2007, Ludacris. Uh, release therapy, big singles. 2008, Kanye. 2009, Little Wayne Carter. Three. 2010, Eminem relapse. 2010, Eminem recovery. 2012, shout out to Gerard, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and Kanye. 2013, Drake take care. That beat, and this will piss off. This this is a year I would say you can argue. Except let me go back to 2002. Are you uh, on? Let, let's stop. Let's go back to 2002. Yeah. Jay's blueprint was nominated. And lost to Outkast's Stanconia. Was Stillmatic not there? Nope, Stillmatic was not nominated. Because this is why I wanted to talk about the moments where Nas legitimately could have won. I think wow. this is this is one of these years. I mean, Jay was nominated. I thought Nas. I thought those were the two best albums of the that year, year. The year after, the year after, two thousand three. Which me? Well, I actually Godson. So here's the thing that's tricky about Stillmatic. Stillmatic came out in December of one. So Godson came so, out in December. Of okay, 02. so so that's fair. So that means for 2002, Stomatic would not have been eligible. It would have been eligible for 2003, and it was not nominated. That was the year the Eminem show won. But I think that's a legit year he could have won. That's a legit legit year that he could have won, right? He also got nominated in 07 or 08. I don't remember. Hip Hop is Dead. Not for Best Album. Oh, no, you're right. 2008, Hip Hop is Dead, got nominated for Best Album, even though I do not think that was not it. The album's that... That were nominated that year. I like you, all them because I remember this is where this is when things started going down a little bit. Kanye won with hip hop is that Kanye won with graduation, which is my favorite Kanye album, okay. and I thought it deserved to win that year. Okay, Common Finding Forever, solid album. I have it. Jay Z Kingdom Come. Yeah. Oh. Nas's hip hop is dead. Yeah. And Ti versus Tip, a horrible title and way oh. too long of tracks. Yeah, not so good. Let's continue. Now, the, the T.I. album before Urban Legend, I think it was right before. I'm not sure. That is correct. That was right. I wouldn't have gotten mad at that. And the one right after, Paper, Paper Trail, Trail, also good. Which was nominated album. in 2009. But yeah, the, the, the point is that like yes. there are so many. And, and then we, have, we didn't even look at songs. There are individual songs. Like I mentioned, one mic was nominated for best performance or and, best rap performance. And did, or and did not win. 
which is crazy to me. I think that, like, that, I, I remember that song, it's one of those things that I remember it being more revered when I was younger, and now a lot's happened since then in terms of, like, a lot of other great songs have come out or whatever. Even Nas has put out, like, great music since then. But I'm like, yo, One Mic is one of the best hip-hop records I've ever fucking heard, period. And it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, we don't we don't really think of it in that way, I feel like, collectively. I stopped caring about... I stopped caring about the Grammys probably after 2014. When Kendrick did not win for Good Kid, Mad City. Oh, it happened for me before that. I mean, it, it probably was, was before me for that. And I was like, oh, it this, probably was those before me for that. Years of there was a couple years with the Roots, like 2011 they didn't, or 2010, they didn't get nominated and they didn't win for Game Theory. That was annoying. Did not, not get nominated for Life is Good. I think he, he did. did, and he did not win. He what lost. What was the field that year? Who won that year? Yeah. No, what was the field? It was not. It was. Oh, the field I, was the field was all right. It was undone by the Roots. Okay. Rick Ross, God Forgives, I Don't. Nas, Life is Good. Lupe's Food and Liquor 2. Two chains based on a true story, and the winner, Drake for Take Care. Nas nah, should have won that category. I think I I, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was between the Nas and Roots. I think the Roots had the better album, but I wouldn't be mad if Nas won. The point, like we're overall saying, is look, this has been a popularity contest. We saw Kendrick not win and lose to Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, which is yeah, that's an all time great hip hop album that everybody's dying to go back and listen to. I'm not. I've actually listened to the album. That album's not trash or anything. I'm not saying that. The album's actually solid. The Heist by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. It's a solid listen, but it had... Him getting the award was a fucking heist. <laughs> I would happen to agree with that. But look, with all this being said, to put a bow on this, it, I haven't cared about this for a long time. I'm glad to see Nas get his flowers. And I understood, obviously, why he couldn't win Omatic. He probably got overlooked was it was written. There's nominations that Nas actually should have had that he hasn't gotten that we, should, that we, we could talk about that. I do also do not think that this award being handed to him, and this is something I want to be clear about. Some people are going to act like it's a lifetime achievement award. I don't think this is what it is. It may feel like that in a way, but this is an award because he actually put out the best album last year. Like, he actually put out the best album last year. It was the tightest album. It was the best album in terms of rap with production, and it was. I'm sorry. I like Alfredo Freddie Gibbs. I think I had that four or five. I think I had it four in my top ten. Really good album. But this was the best album last year, and Nas did it, and to do it at his age in a sport that's in a sport, excuse me, in a genre that's driven by youth generally, and sometimes foolishly, this is absolutely impressive. So with salute, Hit Boy, by the way. With Hit Boy, salute to Nas. A collaboration that a lot of us were kind of like, huh? How's that gonna sound like? And Hit Boy's been the best producer on planet Earth since that album came out. And <laughs> look, man, it's greatness. Salute to Nas. It ain't hard to tell who's got the best rap album. In 2021, that is Nasir Jones. Put some respect on his name. In all them years, y'all didn't give him the grant. Some some of the Grammy winners, you can look at it. Some of it is like, woo. I I don't know what y'all was thinking that year. Uh, So it it, it is what it is. Nas got his Grammy. I'm thankful. Hopefully there's more to come. But the Grammys does not validate how great of an artist that Nas is. Now, for my one time for your mind, I feel like, look, I'm going to talk about some racist shit. Right? Some absolute racist shit that happened last week that was absolutely ridiculous. But you gotta laugh at it. Like, you have to laugh at it because it's literally might be one of the most ridiculous things I have ever heard. Brian, you probably know where I'm going on this. I think I know where you're going. I thought this was absolutely positively ridiculous. And I've had so many conversations with people um, about this. So, if you were under rock, maybe you didn't hear about this, but I'm glad to make sure you know about this story. All right? There was a play-by-play announcer who was on air. They were going to the anthem, so they thought they were off. And for some people who don't know, if you notice, the audio on this, which came out, wasn't that great. And I can explain to you guys why. When you're doing play-by-play, many people have a headset like what Brian has on. Your producer, if they're good, should cut that off. However, on a lot of play-by-play broadcasts, no matter what you watch, there's usually a mic that sticks out towards the crowd so you can pick up the ambient noise from the court, especially in basketball, football, whatever the sport may be. That mic was still on, all right? And now, sir, his name is Matt Rowan. He was a play-by-play guy, and it was a girls' basketball playoff game. Uh, this was in Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah, Oklahoma. And <laughs> one of the girls' teams that appeared to have a lot of people of color on the team, the black women on the team, 
they decided to take a knee during the national anthem. And that upset Mike Rowan. He uh, said that he hoped they lose, and he called them effing N-words. Yes, he said that. And in the moment of Liz hearing this and watching this video, I mean, I'm a black man in America. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that and didn't think that uh, his mic might be on or that anybody would check him. But that's why he said it, because he thought nobody would check him. And you know what his co-host did, his partner did? He didn't say a thing. He just let it go silent, which, which is only two things I could think of. He knew that this is how this Matt Rowan usually talks, and this is just commonplace for him. or he just didn't really care to ever ch challenge him because of the first part, that this is how he normally talks. But that's not the funny part, people. This isn't what's funny. Of course this came out because we're in the internet age and this was being live streamed. Somebody decided to take the live stream, put it on Twitter, and put it out there. And you can hear exactly what he said. And for me, I was absolutely disturbed that his play, his, uh, color commentator said nothing about this. Just let it rock. And kept going. And personally for me in the moment, I also said, this is kind of ironic. The reason the girls are kneeling is because of people like you. That's why they're taking the knee. They're protesting the racism and justice they see that even a play-by-play -play announcer who's a white male could sit there and call somebody a racial slur and curse at them and say that they hope that they lose, which is all the stuff that he said. But again, folks, this is racism is never funny. But here's what's funny. Excuses for racism. That's funny. It's hilarious. Sometimes you'll get people like Myers Leonard who say he didn't know and give you his typical apology. And he's got to go talk to the Anti-Defamation League to learn why a word might be hurtful that I find a hard time believing that he didn't know. But what was funny was Mr. Matt Norman, Mr. Matt Rowan, excuse me, who had an apology. And Brian, he decided to put out a press release. And I want to read the press release because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm Matt Rowan on Thursday, March 11, 2021. Most regrettably made some statements that cannot be taken back. You think? During the Norman High School girls basketball game against Midwest City, I made inappropriate racist comments, believing that the microphone was off. Which, let's pause right there. So if it was okay. If the microphone if the, wasn't right. on? <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, yo, this is where you got to laugh at it. So if the microphone was uh, on, it would have been cool? Okay, all right, cool, cool. However, let me state immediately that is no such no excuse such comments should never have been uttered. Okay, well, if that was the case, you're not making an excuse. Why even break, bring that up? If it's not an excuse, why bring it up? Then here comes the common rules of making an apology when it comes to saying something racist, sexist, or in any kinds of the isms or ists that we'll have out there. I am a family man. As a family man out there, have never been uh, racist. Yo, you've heard my theory about God family football people. <laughs> well, <laughs> they probably, they probably, they probably say things like Matt Rowan. I might, I might go out on a limb and say that. I am married. I have two children, and at one time, I was a youth pastor. I continue to be a member uh, of a Baptist but... church because family basketball, in this case, Brian, and religion definitely stopped you from from doing stuff racism. Do we know that the most racist and most heinous things in the world have actually been done in the name of religion? Like people justified slavery with religion. <laughs> we, we've, we've had wars over, over religion. religion and still are in some of them. You know what I mean? By the way, not anti-religion up here, but the way it's weaponized, yeah, there are issues. I'm that. against that. That's a different story. I've not only embarrassed and disappointed myself, I've embarrassed and disappointed my friends, my family and friends, I will state, and here's the funny part, people. I will state that I suffered type 1 diabetes. During the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. Really? Bro, it's, only, it's only type 1, bro. Like I know, I know diabetes is bad and shit, but there's more, you know, stages to diabetes that would make your sugar spike even more. Like he couldn't even no, give no, us no, like no, I no. got type That's three or whatever. No, 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 that, that doesn't even matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You know who? You know I know people who have diabetes. I have loved ones who have diabetes. Diabetes has never made them say anything racist. And then here's <laughs> the other problem. 
All right, let's take your theory as being true. You, your sugar spiked, and then you said some racist shit. But the rest of the game, you were able to go on without saying that racist shit. So the sugar only spiked at one time, and then you were fine for the rest of the game to call the rest of the game? Come on, son. It's some, that's some nonsense. And who, who put this press release together? Who's the person that said this was okay and didn't think this was some dumb shit? That we were going to buy. Like, yeah, now we're linking racism to diabetes? This had to be so serious that people, like groups and stuff who study diabetes, who do diabetes care to come out and say this is not a known cause of diabetes. Like, the fact that we have to come out and say this. Yo, this is what I'll say on this. Hey, the racists got to stop tripping. Y'all just be desperate to say anything. Just own your racism. Just say, hey. I was racist. Don't talk about because you thought the mic wasn't on. Yeah, we know you probably you, you probably say this anyway. Mr. Family Man, Mr. I go to Baptist Church. And anybody who knows me, I'm not all about the cancel culture. But here's what I think we need to cancel. The bullshit. Stop these nonsense excuses. Stop these nonsense press releases. Who's buying the diabetes? Who's buying this? Are you serious? Look, for all you folks out there who think we live in a post-racial society, doesn't integrate sports and it doesn't integrate anything else. Case in point. Case in point. And weren't, Case these, in point. Girl, weren't these girls in high school? Oh, shout like, out! Shout out to the young ladies of the Norman High School girls basketball team because they had a lot of attention coming around this. And you know what they still did in the face of all this? They still went out and wore the championship. So you know what they said right. to you, Matt Rowan? That's a big f you to you. You talking about f them for kneeling? They were like, no, we're just out here winning, despite that. And, and also, kudos to them. The next day when they came for their next game, because they won that game, when they came out for the next game, they wore shirts that said, this is why we kneel. I support those sisters. I support- <laughs> High school. This High is- school. Like, and, and think about it. Like, in a, in, a, in, a, in a utopian society, these are things that high school kids shouldn't have to worry about. But, you know, this is America. So, this is what it is. This is America. This is what happens. <laughs> And, I mean, this, again, I think the point's made, this is exactly why these young women are kneeling. Because the people that even call their games can't look at them as humans kneeling for human rights and civil rights. And that they should lose and that they should be called racial slurs and think it's okay to blame it on diabetes. Man, I don't know what's going to happen to Matt Rowan. I don't know if the National uh, Federation of High School Sports who uh, does the streaming and stuff, I don't know how they're going to handle it. We've heard nothing from them. But uh, if y'all are rocking with that BS press release and apology, shame on y'all. All right, that's it for this episode of the A Hard to Tell podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Danielle Medina. Shout out to Nas for winning that Grammy for the first time. And no shout out to the guy who wants <laughs> to be racist against young women playing basketball. We have much more exciting conversations to come up for you uh, at the end of this month, we're halfway through Women's History Month of March. Salute to all our women out there doing great stuff. A lot more to come uh, through the third month of the year. Temperature is starting to get warmer, we hope, because uh, we know how things can be at this time of the year. But we have a lot more great stuff coming up. Continue to support us. Uh, please continue to subscribe on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Hit subscribe on all your streaming platforms in terms of where you listen to podcasts. And we'll be back with more. For Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.